This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners, it's the host, Chris Yano, along with my man, tall Paul Redman. What's up, buddy? Chris, always a pleasure. Man, you can tell from the pre-podcast conversation, I'm like a little excited. Today's a day I've been waiting for for a very, very long time. And you might let me talk today. So I'm excited. Glad to be here. Well, listen, it's going to be a great day. You know why? Why is that? Because we have somebody on here who actually shares a lot of the same values that we do. And I love that because you now you guys are buddies, right? You and I guess are like buddies. Yeah, we're buddies, but it's not, you know, we weren't friends first. We kind of met through the HVAC industry over the years and and recognized that we had some common interests. And I always just kind of admired what he was doing from afar. And then a couple of conversations led to another. And then, Chris, you'll love this. We found out that we were both I know. weekend cyclists. And so Will and I have done some charitable riding together in Lycra, which you love, Chris. Um, so Will does share... Uh, the the common trait that he is secure enough in his manhood to get in tight clothing and ride bikes to faraway lands with friends. That's cute, guys. That's, fun. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's great. There's your moment. Anytime Paul gets the chance to talk about cycling, he likes to jump on that. Um, or Chris's insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's, man, you're like the second person that said something to me today. Somebody... I posted a picture because I did, I was on a phone call when I got to the office yesterday and I backed my truck in the parking spot like I was doing my big, huge lifted truck that Paul loved to drive before he bought his truck to feel better about himself. I backed my truck and, and because I was on a call, I was over the line. So I was like that guy, quote unquote, you know, like people look at this truck and like, look at this douchebag. That was me yesterday. And so I took a picture and admitted it. But somebody's like, oh, I can see why you got this big truck is insecurities. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's self-depreciating. That's no, okay. I bought it because I thought it had great fuel efficiency. <laughs> it does. It efficiently goes to every gas station. It officially stops multiple times on short trips. Okay, let's get to it, TP. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Listen, 2021, this is Paul's. This is going to be your first episode, bro. Like, jump in the old driver's seat. You're going to uh, let me kind of guide this one? I am. I'm only going to interject... Um, as needed. So right now we're at the TP show and, uh, and I'm anxious. So I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna listen. You ready? Go. Let's go. So a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this podcast when we were finally able to pin down a time to have Will Housh on. And I was thinking like, man, this is a big moment because we talk about e-commerce and we talk about the things Will does all the time, just in bits and pieces throughout the podcast. But it made me think of this and I was on a run, so it may have been the, the endorphins. But imagine a scenario where I actually broke the law, okay? Like committed a crime, right? Whatever that might be. Sure, okay. And I'm found guilty. And I'm standing on the court steps next to my attorney who's deflated because I'm getting ready to go to jail. And he gives me like 20 seconds to say one or two things, right? And everyone in the crowd... It's the HVAC community. It's our people. It's our listeners. And they want to hear 20 seconds. Here's what I would say. In the first two seconds, I'd say, thank you, Chris. And I'd spend the last just quietly looking everyone in the eye and saying, Will Housh, contractor commerce is the future. And that's what I would say. And that's what I would say before they'd send me off to jail. And I mean it. And I know Will believes it. 
And I know, Chris, you believe it because I, I think it's that big of a deal. So that didn't materialize nearly as yeah, that was, as I that, thought it, it hey, was Hey, listeners, that's what it sounds like to bomb on a uh, on a segue into um, an introduction. But I, you know what? Listen, I appreciate your effort. You know, And here's the good news is you get to listen to this, cringe, and then do better next time. So, so the better news way. is that Kyle is an amazing editor. So hopefully we don't even have to go down that path. But our guest today is who I consider a friend of mine now. Um, but Will House is the president and founder of HVAC Technologies, which among many has many subsidiaries, one of which is Contractor Commerce. And we're going to talk about e-commerce today. Same Day Supply has probably shipped more filters to uh, consumers than anyone else out there. Um, and has done some other charitable things throughout his time. Um, but most importantly, he's a third-generation contractor, and we're going to hear part of his story. So, Will, welcome to The Point. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Yeah. So before we get into uh, the conversation around e-commerce that we're going to spend a lot of time on, Chris has a new, I guess, uh, way he likes to open the show by asking a couple of questions that you might not be prepared for. So Chris is going to fire these over to you. We're going to kind of warm things up a little bit. Are you ready, Will? Let's try it. All right. Listen, th- this is the, what we've decided we're going to do uh, beginning of some of these episodes, at least for the few episodes, just to kind of get to know our guests, even though we know you. <laughs> so we're going to let our listeners get to know Will House. So first and foremost, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Hmm. Well, I'm going to L- have to living go. Living or deceased? Yeah, I mean, this is an easy one for me, Jesus Christ. There you go. Nailed it. There you go. Um, number two, what's the most recent show that you binge watched? My wife and I are binge watching. Um, it's called, uh, it's with Ewan McGregor where he goes around the world on the motorcycles on these expeditions. What's it called? Um, Long Way Up is the third one. It's the most recent one where they're going from the southern tip of South America up to Los Angeles on electronic motorcycle or electric bikes this time. Is this so, like a documentary style show type show? It's on, uh, it's on Apple plus, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Documentary. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, what is the scariest thing you've ever done? Hmm. That's a good question. The scariest thing. I mean, being an entrepreneur and holding on by the skin of your teeth, trying to make payroll and figure out how to get through <laughs> everything you get through as an entrepreneur, that comes to mind. That's um, fair. That's a good one. That's scary. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, with a wife and kids, there's moments, health things and stuff that just pops up along the way. I, I think of other people probably and, you know, my life and things they're going through that can sometimes be a little scary. Got it. Yeah. I think that's yeah, fair. The, this summer, I reached out to Will, and it was right around the time that we were learning of all of these acquisitions that were happening. And I sent him a message, and it was just like, man, do you ever miss being a contractor? <laughs> and he replied with some really, really specific reasons why he didn't miss being a contractor to some degree, uh, things you've had to deal with over the years. So I thought that was uh, pretty you gave some pretty good examples that gave good perspective on why you're very happy to be sitting where you are right now. Well, the, the ups and downs of business ownership and having employees and all that. I mean, the people that are listening uh, to this, to this podcast will understand completely. Yeah. So let's talk about how you got into the trades, bro. Oh, I'm I, sorry. Did you have another question? You just hijacked it and took off. Yeah. I had another oh, question. We're, we're still in the lightning round. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Hey, can we get through like, 
the honeymoon phase here, buddy? I'm going to put myself on mute for a little Thank bit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, last question. And the most important one, so I don't want to miss it. This defines you know, what, what Will Housh is about. Okay? Will Housh is on prime time getting ready, getting the gloves put on. Okay? Tape on the hands. Gloves on. Ready to go in toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson. <laughs> okay? I'm talking like Mike Tyson today. Um, 100% certain you would lose. But until you get there, you're going to come out with a bang. What is Will Hollywood House's theme song that he comes out to for the primetime mm. fight? Man. I'm, I'm probably not going to be very cool with this answer. Um, and, you know, all of my, all of my pump up music takes me back to my high school days in the nineties. So I'm down with first that. thing. Yeah. I mean, first thing that came to mind was a little, wherever I may roam by Metallica. A little Metallica. Oh, respectable. Every, solid. every yeah, weight can, room in the entire world has had that song on repeat. Have to, I can't get with all the, I can't get pumped up with all the rap music that these guys come out in the ring with. So. Yep, to each their own. Well, Paul would be going down, getting down with a little Britney Spears. So he, you know that's probably more embarrassing. Um, Paul, what was I'm your, on mute still, or I'd respond to that with something. Paul, snarky. what was your ringtone for the longest time? It was um, "Party in USA." Miley yeah, Cyrus. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. You cannot be in a bad mood when you hear that ringer. It you, sets the tone for the conversation. It's all about mindset. You, you. Can, I might, I might be able to be in a bad mood. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you might, As, I think I. I'd call me maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Go ahead, Paul. Take it from here. <laughs> no. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. You're Chris. welcome. So, Will, before we get into the e-commerce stuff, which is going to really dominate the content of our conversation today, tell us your story. You know, where did you grow up? How did you end up in the trades? And how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, great. Uh, grew up in the Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio area, born and raised and grew up I was born into the into the trades, really. Uh, some people choose this, but it, it kind of chose me. Third generation family business that my grandpa started and my dad bought and owned and operated and grew through the 80s, 90s and early 2000s. And I, you know, so came up in that commercial residential HVAC plumbing, um, refrigeration, full mechanical contracting, as well as residential. And uh, so it was great. It was a great way to, you know, build a work ethic learn a lot about different aspects of the, of the industry and the business, whether it was working in the field, sheet metal shop, um, sales, marketing, technology, so on and so forth. Um, and eventually um, got to the point where I bought the company from my dad and owned and operated it for several years. And in parallel with all that, that's, that's kind of the time period where I also decided to dip my toe in the e-commerce waters. And I know we're going to get into that as we go along. <laughs> So hold on. So you, you know, you went to college, you went to Miami University, you were a Red Hawk. Were they Red Hawks or Red Skins at that time? It was right after they changed the name. Okay. So you went to Miami University. Of Ohio. Uh, right. Grew, of of Ohio. Ohio. Let's be clear. Great school. And you go, did you go directly to the family business from there? I did. Yeah. Got it. And, and then, probably despite my parents' best efforts. But, in, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they had this idea that it would be best for me to go off and see what else was out there, make sure I really wanted to be an HVAC. I see now why that was uh, a motivator for them, but you know, um, now I dove right in and I don't regret it. 
So you bought the company and you mentioned dipping your toe in the water with e-commerce. What year was this? So in, it was late 2005 when I decided to uh, see if I could sell some furnace filters and other parts and supplies online. And so we, this puts we, you like 15 years, you know, 10 or 15 years ahead of the market completely, like complete wow. pioneer out there. Early. See, yeah. see all this gray. <laughs> I've got so some of that. Two, 2005, like, w- sorry to interrupt. So 2005, you had the idea that you can start selling parts and filters online and go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. And I mean, that was back in the day when Amazon was just starting to move out of like CDs and books and get into other categories. And it just seemed, and and to be fair, I wasn't the first person to do what I'm doing today. There were a couple of other companies that were even earlier than me. Um, And, uh, but it, it, it just seemed completely obvious to me that the future was that more and more customers, more and more consumers were going to shop online. That's the way I was already. My behavior was beginning to change. You know, technology was changing. Internet speeds were increasing. Uh, it was just super convenient. And um, for whatever reason, for me, and I, I'm sure for a lot of people, even back then, it, it was just obvious that this is what the future was going to look like. So what were those first couple of uh orders like or those first couple of months of testing this and where is that part of the business now yeah great question in fact i just earlier today i pulled up our complete order history as a company i was curious to uh see the the total orders that we had shipped and just kind of reflect on some of that history and i'm curious the very first well i mean the the first order (laughs) that we got uh, I had put up the website, I think it was January 2006 by the time we got it rolling. Dang, man. And I hadn't even set up the the merchant account yet or the bank account to be able to process credit cards. And I got an order. I wasn't <laughs> doing any marketing. <laughs> I got an order from a guy in my hometown who wanted a, a water panel. And he must have, I mean, just by dumb luck, he found, he searched and found me. And uh, so I put that water panel in that box. I pa- printed out the packing slip, handwritten note that said, thank you so much. You're our very first customer. This order is, is free. This one's on us. Cause I couldn't capture the payment if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and I shipped it to them and, and uh, you know, we just built it up from there. So that, that part of the business has grown significantly and um, you know, uh, it, it forms uh, a great foundation of, you know, direct to consumer e-commerce, mainly of indoor air quality products um, through a variety of channels. And that's called same day supply. And, and that's taught us a great deal about, you know, the digital space, e-commerce, technology, marketing, um, you know, the operational side of order fulfillment and so on. And, and that's what gave us the foundation to be able to, to move into the contractor commerce side of our business more recently. So before we move on from filters, have you seen that business change over the last 10 years or so? Definitely. Well, I mean, you look back even 20, 15, 20 years ago. HVAC contractors used to own that business. That used to be a part of the revenue stream and the way that contractors would uh, maintain relationships with customers. They were the source for those kinds of things. And, you know, the evolution has been that gradually as e-commerce has grown, traditional contractors have lost that business. It's gone to uh, Amazon. It's gone to other dot-coms. It's gone to, you know, home improvement stores and the grocery store. And, um, and you know, so again, more and more people are shopping online. Fulfillment methods are faster and cheaper and, 
uh, it's, it's super convenient for people to get their products that way and to set it up on a schedule, right? So a huge problem in the air filter market is that people forget to change their filter. Uh, I was speaking with a manufacturer uh, in the last year or so who said their, their number one focus is figuring out how to get consumers to remember to change their filter more often because that is the biggest growth opportunity is just having people do it on time. So auto delivery and setting them up on a, a shipment schedule helps people remember. I got to share this real quick. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So uh, early on, because, well, I guess let me preface it with this. Um, I'm the CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions. It's a digital marketing company for the trades. And I say that because, because I've only focused on the trades the last 13 years. What I tried to always do was stay ahead on technology. So I started building apps for contractors, HVAC guys, plumbing contractors. But the hook on it, Will, you'll appreciate this, was remember when you could, and this was probably in, oh, geez, uh, 2012, maybe 2011, 2012, I started building apps when it was way more complicated. But the hook to get the contractor to want to have a heating and air conditioning app was they could roll it out with their maintenance agreements. But here's the big deal is I was trying to find a way to keep them top of mind without actually mm -hmm. selling something. So, you know, when you get the push notifications from the app on your phone, like right now you get your Facebook notifications or Instagram or whatever it is. Mine was um, ABC heating reminds you to change your filter. Every month that filter reminder would pop out. So it was what kept them top of mind without actually selling them something. And, uh, right. and that was the hook because I, my, even myself included, I've got like, five filters in the house or something crazy like that. And I, I know I have to change them. I just don't have to get the ladder out to change, to change the filters, <laughs> but using a filter reminder, I feel like is for, for as long as I've known is a great way to keep a contractor top of mind without actually selling. I agree. And I think that's a big part of, of the loss that contractors have experienced as they've seen the business uh, sort of fade away and go online uh, is that that's less opportunity for them to stay in touch with those customers and build that loyalty. And so that business has went away and uh, let me make this statement really quickly. So will for our listeners who don't know him is super modest, super humble. I'm surprised he came on cause he's not an intention type of person. Like he doesn't like all eyes on him. I'm speaking for you will, but there's a chance that you're listening to this right now. And this is just transparent. There's a chance that there are listeners right now who've lost their filter business to will, right? Could that be a Against remote possibility? Their will over the years. See what I did there? The will or the wills of the you know of the Nothing. market, right? But I'm I'm back and I'm here to help. And he's back <laughs> and he's here to help. And that's why you're on. And really, I mean, what he just said right there is exactly why we work with Will, because the market has moved away from contractors fulfilling this. And Will has pivoted his business to allow contractors to kind of get back in this game. So we can talk a little bit about the filter side of things, Will, but really get into the big e-commerce piece if you'd like to touch on that. Or um, yeah, so talk, talk to me a little bit more about what you're doing to help contractors get some of this back. Yeah, well, so a couple of years ago, we looked around and we realized that you, you could buy in any other industry almost big ticket items, small items. You could you can shop online for products and services pick an industry. But for whatever reason, it was almost non-existent that a contractor would have an online store to sell products or services, whatever it was that they did. Go to any contractor's website. You, you, the best you could find is a 
a contact us form. And we said, well, the technology exists, the tools are available, they're affordable. Uh, this is how consumers want to be served. Uh, why doesn't this exist in the world? And so we decided to build it and that's what we call contractor commerce. It's a plug and play e-commerce solution that goes right on the contractor's website so they can have their own online store and they can sell things like furnace filters. They can sell maintenance agreements, tune-ups, even take orders for fully installed systems right on their website. And what are some of the success stories for some of your clients who've integrated that and capturing some of that business? And also talk about the geographic requirements, because no longer are, you know, if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, you're not just selling filters in, you know, your service area. Now you're open to ship filters wherever, right? And you're doing the fulfillment. So talk about that a little more. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, we see, we see folks that, um, I guess if you step back, I think the most important thing for folks to think through is, um, so it's it's beginning of 2021, we've seen, we've seen the industry evolve. We've seen kind of this shift where consumers have taken their business online and contractors have lost out, but there's an opportunity to gain some of that back. And, you know, the thing that we talk to contractors about as they're deciding, you know, is this something for us or not is where do you see the market going? Five years from now, are, are more consumers or fewer going to be shopping online? Are more of our purchases or fewer going to be being made online? You know, the answer seems fairly obvious, right? More. So if yep. that's the case, if we start with how the consumer wants to be served and works back, work backwards. So, so many contractors, I think, and I, we were guilty of this in our family's business from time to time too. So many contractors start with, how they're currently doing business and they work forward from there to figure out how to tweak it to make it better for the consumer. And, and, but our encouragement and our thought process is if we start from how the consumer wants to be served first and we work backwards from there and, and build sort of our procedures and our, our technology around that, I think those are the companies that are going to differentiate and thrive going forward. So we have, we, we work with contractors that have that mentality and who are, you know, um, knocking it out of the park with e-commerce. Um, you know, uh. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about, you know, a consumer's going online and they've got the model number for their filter or they've got kind of a general inquiry. How do you get contractors in that space? So to say that another, yeah, that's good. To say it another way, you know, a uh, consumer finds the product that they want to buy, the filter they want to buy from uh, one of your customers' websites or one of our shared clients' websites. What's that process look like from there? Well, I feel like if it was me searching, I would don't know that I'd be putting in a model number or a make, like a 3M or something like that. I would probably be looking at the size, the dimensions of it. I'm you talking- would if, unless you were buying a high-end filter. Like if you had like a Merv 16 with, you know, some other IAQ stuff, I think you might be a little what? more specific. So, yeah, 
We know. find, I mean, people use the part numbers off the side of the filter. They'll, they'll search by size. Um, we give them multiple options, right? And so you, you never know how somebody's going to come at it, um, whether they've looked at the part number, whether they have the size. Um, you just try to be flexible with that. And that's the beauty of today's online technology. It's easy to build, to add drop downs and search functionality and so that it, the consumer can get there however they want to get there. When you say consumer, we're talking about like the homeowner, right? That's so, right. So, so more often, I'm sorry, I'm going to push back for a second because I just said that from how I would do it. <laughs> like I would look at a 20 by 20 by one or if it was mm -hmm. a 20 by 25 or whatever, I forget what the dimensions are, but like, that's how I would have searched for a filter. I wouldn't have looked by brand or type because I don't necessarily know. And I don't know that most consumers really know the, the differences, like really know the differences. Is it? Yeah. I think the most, the most common thing is someone pulls the existing filter out. They look at the side of it and they pick a number off of there and they search for whatever they can. Could be size, could be part number. Got it. So well, we just, we try to be flexible and give them both. I got to share this because our listeners, I think, will appreciate this. And Kyle even wrote this on, I'm holding up a whiteboard that Kyle uses to communicate back oh and forth to me. It says, Paul is the only consumer that shops by model number. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> you got to have my back here, Will. Will, pull the data. Will's got a producer, Kyle, in the background pulling that data right now, producer Kyle. So He's not watch yourself. <laughs> he does. Um, so part, from numbers, the, part, part number searches are pretty common too. Burn. That's so cyclist. logistically, so consumer goes online, they search, and now instead of just going to Amazon or going to the direct OEM, they could potentially, in a perfect world, they get a search result that is a contractor's website. They can go on the contractor's website and they can place an order for that filter. Then what? Who ships it? Who packages it? What does that look like? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, when it comes to filters and other indoor air quality consumables, we stock those products and a warehouse in Ohio and a warehouse in Utah, and we fulfill the orders direct to the contractor's customer. Same day shipping gets there within one to two business days. It's a branded experience so that the contractor's the hero. It's the contractor's customer. It's their website. It's their brand. It's their logo on everything. Um, and, uh, you know, so that the customer gets what they want. They get it on time. They get it on schedule. They get it at a fair price that's competitive with the other dot coms out there. Um, and it, it, it helps the contractor make a little more money, but also reinforce those relationships so that when it comes time for that to get a quote on a new system, who's the first person that gets the call, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, tall Paul's heating. Who's been helping them with the filters the whole, the whole time. Makes it easier to do business with them. That's right. Speeds Absolutely. and necessity. So. We're going to move into more of the big picture e-commerce stuff, but I get so stuck on filters because I'm so impressed by it. So if, if you can break up e-commerce into three buckets, you've got products, so filters and parts and things like that. And we know that business is going on. It's proven. And anyone who doesn't fully, fully believe that they need that is, um, you know, naive, right? And, and runs the risk of really being left behind to be cliche. I was so waiting to see products. where you're going to go with that. We've got services, right? So tell us about um, how you can equip contractors to sell service agreements and things on their website. What does that look like? Well, I mean, in the same way that people like shopping for physical products online, they also like shopping for services online. And so we're finding that by by adding the ability to sell, whether it's a one-time service, like a tune-up, a, a, a duct cleaning, a drain cleaning, you know, um, anything like that, or a recurring service, like a maintenance plan, 
um, you know, contractors now are being able to, you know, a lot, almost every contractor has a page on their website that talks about their great maintenance plans. Right. And even like the gold, the, the silver, gold, right. platinum, and they, they have all the features and benefits. Yep. And then there's a button that says, contact us. And then the consumer is going to send that in and they're going to hope that someone calls them back. And uh, so what we say is, well, how about we make the call to action on that page by now? Let's let the, let's let that customer transact now on the website. That's what they came there to do. They're not browsing a heating and air website for fun. Right. They, they have a mission. They have a mission to a problem to solve, a mission to accomplish, and uh, you know. So giving them the ability to uh, click a button, add that to their cart, proceed through checkout, have their credit card automatically billed on a monthly, quarterly, or annual, whatever the schedule is the contractor wants to offer, makes it easy. And then also the contractor can run promotions, email promotions, postcards, other things like that, so that you reach out to the non-maintenance agreement customers in your in your base and offer them, you know, coupon code um, to incentivize them to get signed up. This would have been really awesome to connect with you back when I was building apps because that push notification could have went right into the Ding Commerce store and purchased right from the app. Where hey, were you at, man? Still time. Gosh, well, I don't. We're not building apps anymore. We're out of that game. We built like three thousand of them though back in the day for contractors all over. And uh, then it became a lot well, more mo cumbersome. Mo mobile responsive websites are basically yeah. today's apps, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. we can still do it. We and all we right. do, and we do. And Paul didn't mention in the beginning about our actual strategic partnership with you guys. He actually bypassed it, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, we have shared clients because we have clients that come to us all the time and they're trying to describe what you do and they want us to build it or they want to build it on their own. And you are solving the problem. And the unique thing about you is you're solving it from the contractor and the consumer's perspective because you understand that space so well. Yep. But what I want to transition into now, and again, like, sorry to spend so much time on filters, but I think that, you know, contractors just starting there. Um, we'll put them in such a, a unique position as, as things continue to evolve. But I want to talk about the traditional model of consumers getting pricing and equipment for heating and air conditioning installation or add-on, whatever that might be. Um, we all know what that model is, right? They call someone, someone comes out to the house, they hopefully do a load calculation, and we all know that process. But you envision it a different way or kind of like a hybrid model that really gives a consumer what they want. So let's talk about e-commerce from the perspective of equipment sales and the future of HVAC. Yes, this is a, this is a fun topic and a delicate one sometimes yeah. within our industry right. as we, the manufacturers, distributors, and contractors through the whole chain kind of digest where are we and, and where are we headed? Uh, but, you know, and we've all seen, so you mentioned the traditional model. Then on the other end of the spectrum are the dot-coms that will just sell the equipment and ship it straight to the customer's driveway, drop it off on a lift gate, and there it is. Mm -hmm. um, and what I think having come from the industry and having been a contractor, I understand why that creates so much friction and why that's problematic really for, it's problematic for, the manufacturers and distributors because of warranty issues, et cetera. It's problematic for the contractor because they don't want to just be a labor only company. Right. Um, and it's probably, frankly, I think what the consumer isn't realizing when they're getting into that game, it's going to be problematic for them too. Uh, 
you know, they're going to try to install it themselves or they're going to end up with no warranty or they're not going to buy the right thing. Any number of issues, things get damaged in shipping that they don't even realize until they try to put it in. So our philosophy was a little bit different. We, you know, we want the local trusted pro, the local contractor to win. You know, we think that they're a critical part of the value delivery of that, that fully installed system. And, um, and there's a great hybrid, like you mentioned, a hybrid business model that allows them to have the tools to engage the consumer online uh, to present system options right on their website and to take orders for systems that they install at the local level. And uh, so that, that's been our approach is to think about how can we use today's technology to help the, the local trusted pro grow their business, grow their customer base and sell those systems and not miss out, right? Not see it again, like the filter business got lost to the, the online marketplaces of the world. We all know that those same online marketplaces are chasing after the, the big money in the industry, which is system replacement. But there's a way there's a way for contractors to hang on to that and really use that as a differentiator so that they grow. And what you said there was really key. So I want to go back to it. You said there's a way for contractors to hang on to that so that they can continue to grow because the and it's inevitable that that is going to happen with either manufacturers, distributors or e-commerce people or even Amazon or whatever like that is happening. There would be no reason that HVAC is immune to that. It's complicated, but all complicated things eventually get solved. So what can the contractor do now? What are some things they can do to get them ready so that when that does happen, because it will happen, it absolutely will happen. What can they do now? Well, you know, I'm obviously biased because we, we, we build the tools that help them, you know, uh, that help them get in the game. But I think, I think the mentality shift comes first. So we have to step back and just think about what we were talking about earlier, where if, if, if the ownership and the leadership of the business can see the future the way we see the future, which is uh, it's going there, right? Everybody shops online for everything, whether it's from their phone or their laptop or their tablet or whatever. And if we accept that, then the only question is, do we want to try to harness that? Do we want to like raise a sail into those winds? Cause that's where the winds are blowing. Or do we want to continue to, pretend like it's not going to happen or stay angry about it or not want to change. Um, the contractors that are winning and that will, that have historically won are the ones that evolve and the ones that, that look at how, do, how do my customers want to be treated? Right. And those, those are the companies that gather the, the customers over time. Um, so I'd say, I'd say that's the starting point. And once the mentality is there, the tools are available. Yeah, Chris, did you have something? Yeah, I just yeah, it makes me think of um, like even when people had to to really think about having a website built, which really isn't that long ago. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, but I can I can recall um, even as early as like you know oh seven oh six oh seven, like holy crap, I have to have a website built. I'm scared to death to do it, and I can remember being like, man. I've always been in the phone book, Chris. Like that's, you know, what do I need to do? What's a website? Like help me understand what this is. But that transition um, was inevitable. And it's, and I also equate it to smartphones. Um, 
once that came out, I mean, you, you, you recognize that speed is a necessity and it's always a necessity to speed, to get things done is never been more comfortable than it is today. Um, we want to make decisions and move on. Uh, we've built a career off of that by doing, helping our contractors be easy to work with through various, you know, various options, whether it be mobile site, having, you know, contractor commerce on to purchase things through or to bring in leads or whatever it is. But I can remember vividly like that shift starting to happen. I'm like, what's a website to, Oh my God, I got to have a website. And now it's like, yep, I told you now they just cost a little bit more. Yeah. And, and we look back on it and we laugh and we're like, Oh man, that's absurd. And even the people who were laggards were like, yeah, you know, I was dragging my heels, but I do think that three, four five years from now, we will look back on this period of time and say, man, it's absurd that I wasn't selling products, services, and uh, facilitating equipment purchases on my website. So I do believe that. So what does, uh, what does your solution will look like from an equipment perspective? Take me through the journey of a consumer landing on uh, Savannah Air Factory's website um, to getting a price for equipment right on their phone. What's that look like? Well, yeah, what, what we've learned in 15 plus years of e-commerce is that um, in order to optimize, we call it conversion rate optimization, to get a visitor who comes to your website through to actually push the button and place an order, you got to make that process quick and easy. Eliminate friction. And we've all experienced this on websites where you get into something and you realize, oh my gosh, this is a pain. I'm out of here. Um, so what, what we've done is we've said, well, let's, let's take the consumer through a very simple question, an online questionnaire, three or four quick questions. Let's eliminate industry jargon or lingo. We're not saying things like tonnage and BTUs. There we go. Savannah air factory is one of them. Um, make it easy for the everyday homeowner that doesn't know anything about heating and air to answer some simple questions about their home and their situation. And then our algorithm matches those answers up with um, a good, better, best set of system options that where they can compare side by side pictures, pricing, description, scope of work, efficiencies, warranties, add on options, financing options. All right. So, so whether they want to just request more information and become a lead for that contractor, or whether they actually want to pick a system, put it in their card and place an order, uh, they can do that. And placing an order for a system, I think it's important to be clear. You mentioned the load calculation, but again, coming from the contractor's end of the industry, a site visit is always critical. So we're not naive enough to think that a consumer can answer a few quick questions, put a system in the cart, pay for it in full, and the contractor can show up the next day with all the right stuff ready to do the job. So. There's an interim step between placing the order and doing the work, and that's a site visit to verify the job details, do a load calculation, make sure the customer answered the questions correctly, figure out exactly what equipment we need. Um, and then the contractor is sourcing the equipment through their existing supply chain exactly the same way they do now. Right? So we don't, we don't stock or ship equipment. We don't sell equipment. Uh, we're not disrupting the way the contractor operates their business. We're just helping them add a sales channel to bring in more leads and more sales with newer technology. That's right. And that actually is a good, is brings me to another sort of philosophical thing I'm curious about, because I know you guys are in the uh, digital marketing space big time and you're helping your customers generate leads and follow those through and make sure that there's good ROI. So I'm curious maybe for some of your perspective here, but we ha internally, we talk a lot about the difference between leads 
and sales. And there's been a lot of lead generation in our industry, and that has grown huge. Uh, but there's also been a, a lot of, of frustration that has come along with that for contractors, depending on where they're getting their leads, right, and, and what, what the quality is, um, because sometimes those leads don't have good ROI. And that gap between, see, what the contractor wants is sales. Right. What they're paying for are leads. And the gap between the lead and the sale is that point of sometimes frustration. That's, the, that's where the work happens. Um, but we talk about with e-commerce, we talk about there's a huge difference between a lead and a sale. And what we're trying to do is close that gap. So the, the easier we can make that process on the contractor's website to engage the customer to help them make answer some questions and see some options and make a choice. Now, all of a sudden, at a minimum, they've gone from, you know, a cold prospect to instead of just being a, a lead, a possible sales call, you've engaged them heavily in the process. They're shopping. You know, they, they're looking at the menu and they're deciding which thing they want to buy. Uh, so that gets you a lot further down the road. So let's talk about price as it relates to you know giving the consumer a price uh, that's I know that's a, a feature you can toggle on and off on your tool I believe right. um, but consumers are going to get the price somewhere so mm-hmm. talk to me about your response when a contractor says I know we talked about site visits but you know the unknown variables and um, you know sizing and all those things do you find that contractors are afraid to give the price that other people will see the price and undercut their price like what do you run into there it runs the gamut. So we, we see the whole spectrum from contractors that say, I'm not going to display any of my pricing, but I still want to, sh- I want to engage the consumer in that interaction on the website, uh, take them through the questionnaire, present system options, and then just have them request, basically request more info, request a sales appointment, um, all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is the contractor that says kind of what you were alluding to there, the cut, the customer is going to get a price. They're going to find out whether they bring people into their home or do online research and kind of piece it together. They're going to find out. So why not be the contractor that gives them what they're looking for and kind of takes, you take a little bit of, maybe take a little bit of risk that uh, my, my competitors might be able to price shop me. Um, But uh, in serving the customer, the way they want to be served, you build trust, you get a leg up on the competition and probably beat them to the punch and get the opportunity to make that sale. So yeah. we see it, we see it range and that's why we build options into, into our particular system. So the contractor can use it however they want. Do you find value in the contractors being relatively vague yet specific? And what I mean by that is like they configure the system, it shows up $8,293, but there's some vagueness built into it that then drives the interaction between the consumer and the contractor. You know, that site, uh, a couple thoughts. First of all, we always, we want to make sure that we're encouraging folks to be as truthful and transparent as possible with their customers. The nice thing is there's good, better, best, right? So you can show a range, you can accommodate the value shopper and you can accommodate the person that's looking for all the features and benefits or anything in between. The site visit is also really critical. So that's going to happen 
regardless. Um, and once the contractor gets out on site, that's their opportunity to um, nail things down with the customer. If it was 8,290 on the website and you get out there and you find out, oh, you don't need a four ton, you actually only need a three, well, maybe we can lower that price before we lock it in and start the work. Or if we find out there's ductwork modifications that need done, or you talk to the, you find out that they're really interested in adding a whole house HEPA filtration system because of what's going on in today's day and age, then you can increase that price. But that's that that just segues right into probably a more productive and informed conversation between the contractor and the consumer because they've already you've taken a lot of the tension out of that sales process that exists traditionally. Right now, they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So the contractor comes out and sits at the kitchen table and says, what kind of budget range do you have in mind for your, this project? You know, I have no idea. I, you tell me what yeah. kind of budget range should I have for this project? Give me the best the quality consumer, for the least amount of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they've already been able to do their online research, you know, and get an idea ahead of time, then now it's just a matter of, it's the difference between selling and letting them buy, right? You walk into a restaurant, you're handed a menu. You get to look at all the options and prices and pick. There's no pressure. You're not being sold. Right now, the traditional way is you invite some stranger into your house, which even today is way less popular even than it used to be, and it never was popular. Right. And then and they're, they're, you know you're, you're uptight because they're trying to sell you something. It changes the dynamic completely. Now, Will, I, I've never heard you talk bad about anyone, so I don't expect you to do this, not to put you on the spot. <laughs> but there are obviously the, the, um, the, the industry, the world is going this way. There are going to be some players who come into this space that contractors are going to be, you know, have the option to use at some point, right? Putting shipping equipment direct to somebody's door. Like what's out there? What do contractors need to be thinking about and preparing for as this continues to take off? Hmm. Dang, man. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I think, I think it's, if you're planning to be around and you're planning to grow a real business, um, think longer term about what's going to be the right approach and the right philosophy for your company. Um, think about your team members, you know, think about your customers and doing the right thing with integrity. I think there's business models that lend themselves to um, kind of a slap it in and go. And and, with, and then there's a, a more of a, a business model that has to do with building relationship, long-term relationships with customers that you're going to serve for a long, long time. Um, I think the contractor being the supplier and installer of the equipment, it's worked, that has worked really well for a really long time. And I'm normally the guy that likes to push the boundaries of technology and new ways of doing things. But with all the new ways of doing things in this industry, including e-commerce to take online orders, I still am a big advocate for the contractor being the one to provide and install the equipment and do a, a quality job and provide a warranty um, and stand behind their work. I'm not sure if that answered your it, question completely. It does. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I asked the question because I had a thought in mind and what you said supports it. And my thought is that one day um, someone's going to be really good at this 
and contractors are going to lose leverage. They're going to lose the ability to supply the equipment and they're going to be on a marketplace buying installations. They're going to be basically like a broker where um, the, the consumer has went down the journey to a certain path and now they're, you know, just basically the labor for someone. And that's what I fear. And that's really my, you know, when I talked to you, you know, three years ago um, and I said, like, this is something I would bet all the chips on. What I'm betting is that there's a moment is going to come and contractors are going to be vulnerable and they're not going to have leverage. And unless they do something about it now, unless they take the steps to put themselves in a position where it's a fair fight, when that day comes, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And that's why we admire what you do and encourage people to use you. As Paul would say, you don't want to be a laggard. <laughs> well, what's interesting, implicit in everything you just said is the... is Implicit? The, sorry. Assumed? No, that's right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's just funny. You you and Paul uh, like have these big vocabularies, okay? <laughs> well, baked into what you just said is is the is the conviction... Oh, sorry, I did it again. That <laughs> no, uh, that was not so big. Thank you. I'm not- <laughs> you can see why we're friends now, right? You you are assuming and knowing <laughs> that tons and tons of consumers are going to shop online. The fact that you just said that there's going to be a marketplace and everything's going to be bought online and they're going to have to be uh, selling their labor. You're not. There's no doubt anymore. Yeah. There used to be doubt in our industry. There used to be pushback. There used to be. It's hilarious. We. It's almost like the stages of grieving, if you've heard about it, like denial, anger, bargaining, and then finally you get to acceptance. That's basically what the HVAC industry has done with the internet and e-commerce. <laughs> and finally, we've gotten to acceptance. And maybe even like there's certain pockets where there's some energy, where people are actually pursuing it. Um, and, and and since that is the case, you, you really just have to ask yourself, do you want to participate in a where you sell your labor only? Is that where you want to be as a business long? That's what I was talking about when you think long term. Or, or do you want to structure your business and be proactive to still harness those same winds that are blowing in that direction, but do it in a different way? Yep. Well, I will chime in on that. Um, we built a business chasing that technology and believing in um, – like the speed aspect of things. I think that anytime you can put some, make it easier for someone to do business with you, it's certainly worth putting out. Like maybe it's only 20% of business, but what I believe is that you can actually, we, we talked about pricing transparency. Like I'm a, I'm an advocate for putting pricing on a site. I'm an advocate for it because I believe you have more wins than you do potential, you know, misses because you posted a, you know, a, a cost at some point you're going to get to it. Anyhow, most people want to, have the conversation with you and talk about all the value. And I understand that, but I just believe that it's moving forward. So essentially I look at like e-commerce is, or Paul, even to your point, like there's probably going to people that are going to be like, Oh, tell Paul's wrong about Amazon and you're going to be, you know, purchasing the labor. Um, you can be pissed all you want, but I certainly believe that's the way it's going to, it's going to go. And this is like one of those things where it's like, you have, you had to get moved to a website. Like you had to. So we're big fans of like online scheduling. Why? Because, there's people who don't want to talk to you, Will. Like, there's not people who want to just pick up their phone and book it. If they right. can book it and people can purchase their filter. If I didn't have to go and call somebody to have filters done or go to a you know, retail store and get a filter and I can just do it online and it gets delivered to my house, it's like, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want, you know, because I'm a busy guy. I want, you know, speed is a necessity for me. So all this to say, these are the things that you 
can brush off if you want, listeners, but you're going to have to face it at some point. Like, it is inevitably going to be something you have to do to maintain business. I 100% agree. Would you agree, Will? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're betting we're betting on that big time, and we're seeing it come true. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Paul's been all in on it forever. Like, I mean, even when Paul first started working at, at Rhino, like, he was talking about this stuff, too. So he's, like, all in on it. But as we've seen it function with our own customers, it's been extremely successful. So like we have the data to back all of our, you know, everything that we do and support these relationships because it's working. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, Paul, if you have anything you want to close with or William, anything you want to close with, but we're right at, um, just under an hour. Um, we're 52 minutes in, so let's go ahead and, uh, and have any parting words from either one of you guys. Yeah, I want to kind of tie things up um, kind of where all things kind of land with us, which is on purpose. Obviously, Will is not in business just to be in business. He's got a lot of things he does um, philanthropically, yeah. even have a filter line called Philanthro. Is that right? That that um, is tied into one of the ministries. But Will, share with us kind of some things that um, are on your heart um, as it relates to service and, um, you know, the purpose for doing what you do. Yeah, thanks for that. Well, I, you know, I think it's we're all going to get to the end of our life and we're, if we're laying on our deathbed, we're not going to be laying there wishing we made more money or had more things. We're probably going to be uh, valuing the relationships that were important to us and uh, the difference that we were able to make. Um, and so with that perspective, we've really tried to have a mission as a company to, uh, to give back and make everything that we're doing meaningful uh, and more meaningful than just the day-to-day, you know, normal bottom line. So for us, that has meant things like really being actively involved with certain ministries and even taking our team members on mission trips around the world and, um, you know, focusing on causes that we care a lot about. Um, One is back-to-back ministries right here, um, which is an international organization that helps orphans and vulnerable children around the world. Um, and tries to do that in a sustainable way. Love it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I th- thank you for asking. I think that giving back and having values that that go beyond the day to day material things that we can sometimes get wrapped up in. I think it's you know that's important and it's inspiring for your team members too. Sure. You know, to have a purpose that they can show up for every day. Absolutely. Um, no secret here. Huge advocate of giving back. I say it all the time because it's worthy of saying. Um, fun fact is when. Uh, last year when COVID hit, um, one thing that we tried to do at, at Rhino was find solutions for our customers. And so uh, masks were like running out. Like you couldn't get masks early on that. You can get them now. But real early, I'm talking like March, people like our customers were like, yeah, the lead, like people were home more. You're getting more leads, but you didn't have masks to go in the home. So I reached out to, I can't remember, Paul, you connected me with Will, and I reached out to him like, Will, what can we do to help create masks for our customers? Will gets on the phone with like 3M or something or reaches out to somebody in Mexico. Was that who was it down in Mexico, Will? We were tr- uh, we, we, we know some, man, some filter manufacturers that have access to media. I think the issue with the filter media early on was that a lot of it's full of fiberglass. So this is a, this is a tip for the consumers at home. Probably don't want to be breathing fiberglass point blank on your face. That's a good point. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, stick with stick with a different kind of mask. That's a great PSA. <laughs> um, but the point of that is, is that we were actually, you know, we were trying to solve the problem um, 
because that's our world. That's our industry, and we all have a heart for the trade. So, one, um, I appreciated your willingness to doing that. I, I know I, I can't remember if, I, if I've said that to you. If I haven't, shame on me. But, um, you know, you, we all were trying to solve this problem together. But when it came to filters, I knew who we needed to get a hold of <laughs> to make I'm it happen. <laughs> so, man, listen, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing everything. And, um, and listen, I appreciate, uh, your, you know, your willingness to, uh, to give back, I mean, in such a massive way. And, uh, you, you know, you had said, you know, when you're laying on your deathbed, you know, it's your relationships and, you know, and how you feel. And I look at that as like, what's your legacy? Um, and we're all bigger than our business. Um, we all have been, we've been given businesses to do whatever with. Like, it's okay to um, create wealth. I'm not saying that. But it's how you create it, I think, makes a, a huge difference. And, and then ultimately what you can do to help others along the way. So, and you've clearly done that. And had a lot of great success, man. So, I'm happy for you. Um, and I appreciate coming on. Um, Paul, um, thanks for always pushing me uh, on, you know, to, to bring this into our stuff because it's, you know, into with our customers because it's been super successful. So, given that you guys are cyclist buddies, uh, Paul, you want to close out for us, bud? No, I just want to thank you, Will. You've been, in, it, I've been inspired um, by you since the moment I kind of found out what you were doing about 10 years ago. I've always had an interest in you. And um, like Chris said, my first week on the job here at Rhino was trying to introduce you as quickly as I could. And our customers have since used you. And um, I hope that all of our customers use you and it, all contractors use you. I am biased, right? You're super humble, but I'm biased. I think you're the best. I think you're the future of the industry. And, um, well, what's the best way if our listeners want to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do, or just start to have some conversations around e-commerce, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, just check out contractorcommerce.com. There's a button where you can click and request a demo or, uh, look me up on LinkedIn or reach out to us. We'll hook you up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Check out Rhino. They know how to get a hold of me. Dang I've right. got the bat phone. It's got the bat. That's phone. right. Yeah, we'll make sure to hand out Will's cell phone number. He loves that. <laughs> All right, you won't find him on social media. He is no, he is completely off the grid. On social I saw media. you. I saw Paul chuckle when I said LinkedIn. Casper. You won't find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of that. <laughs> you won't find me on oh, the well. Face Space or the Here, Talk Tick. Here, here's my address. Here's my website. He's like. Um, <laughs> I'm who's a technology the, guy, but I'm not on any of those platforms. So. Who, who's the uh, actor? Uh, Bill Murray. So if you want to pitch a script to Bill Murray, you have to go to Charleston, South Carolina and find him. That's it. <laughs> he has no phone. You have to find him. It's amazing. You guys have never heard that story? No. No, he just, he lives in Charleston. You can't get a hold of him. No cell phone. You got to find him. I'm in. Sounds I'm pretty in. good sometimes. On our On our way. All right. Will, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Keep on uh, kicking ass for the industry and giving back. And uh, listeners, hopefully, hopefully, you know, if anything, you you are now curious. You know, if nothing else, you're curious on like what more could I do with this. Um, but hear us, you got to pay attention to it. It's inevitably coming at some point, so you need to get on board. You want to be better than your competitors. Give uh, give your the consumers alternate solutions to do business with you to make it easier. So until next time, man, we appreciate you guys so much. Keep leaving reviews, and uh, and we'll see you soon.